Hello, and welcome to this Coupa HR podcast. This year is Coupa HR's 75th anniversary. HR and higher education has come a long way over the past 75 years. For this series, emerging Coupa HR leaders set out to discover lessons from the past, present, and future of higher ed HR by talking with several outstanding leaders in our profession. Each of our guests has received Coupa HR's highest honor, the Donald E. Dickinson Award which was named for the association's founder and first president and recognizes outstanding contributions to Coupa HR in the profession. Join us as we pick their brains and solicit their advice about higher ed, HR, and Coupa HR. Hi, my name is Sherry Youngman. I am a senior in talent acquisition professional with the University of Colorado System Administration Office. And I am Aisha Lanique Kidd, Associate Vice President of Organizational Development and Effectiveness at the College of Southern Nevada in Las Vegas. And we are very proud Coupa HR Emerging Leaders. Um, and today we're joined by David Blake, Vice President of Administration at the California Western School of Law, and Donna Popovich, Executive Director of Human Resources with the University of Tampa who have offered to share some of their Coupa HR stories and professional insights as we celebrate 75 years of this association for higher ed HR professionals. Thank you both for being here. You're welcome. So we are going to ask you a few questions and we're just gonna vacillate back and forth between uh, asking the questions. So our first question is, tell us about a favorite Coupa HR memory you have Maybe a moment that made you feel especially connected to your Coupa HR colleagues or a contribution that you were particularly proud of. I'm happy to, to go first. I would say for me, and I've said this before, but I still think it today. And the reason that I repeat it is because I see it happening through our chapters and our regions and our national office around the country. But in 2007, I had the privilege of chairing the Coupa Southern Region Conference in New Orleans. In 2007 was right after Katrina. No one was going into New Orleans. Most associations had canceled their conferences and New Orleans was hurting and they were just reopening. They were barely reopening. And there were many in and out of Cuba who said, don't go to New Orleans. Now is not the time. They are not ready. Well, they were ready and they were needy. They needed us to be there. So I remember the planning meeting when we went in prior to the conference and so many people came up to us and said, you're either a church or you are a school. Thank you so much for being here. And we proudly said, we are a higher ed association and we are happy to be here for you. And it's just a, a really one of my best memories of Coupa, but I say it because Coupa does that over and over and over in many ways. You know, we as an association have talked years and years about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you're kind of preaching to the choir, right? There's nobody in HR that goes, well, that's a bad idea, um, and at least hope not. So, uh, but when I was on the board, you know, a lot of us began talking about, well, kind of done talking about it, shouldn't we do something, right? You, you know, what do we do to further the conversation? And we went through the Creating Inclusive Communities Project, which for me professionally was one of the, I think one of the most enjoyable. I got to participate in it, but more importantly, just to hear the stories um, and the resources that we offered to the members, you know, it was a pretty large financial commitment on part of the institution to do it. And we didn't charge the members anything for use on their campuses. And, you know, today um, uh, I still think 
that that work is as valid as it was ever. In fact, I would argue it's even more important today than it's ever been. So I've really been um, proud of to be part of an organization that, you know, kind of got beyond the talk and really started doing the action. And to Donna's point, I think that's really the hallmark of Coupa. You know, we don't just, we talk a lot about things, but we also do a lot of things, you know, even the uh, FS, FLSA changes. And I mean, you know, we're at the front of this stuff. And so we're not just <clears throat> hypothesizing on what might be cool. We really put our, put our members where our mouth is and we get stuff done. So uh, for me, that's uh, really been a high point. The DE and I work and then the commitment to getting stuff done. Great, thank you. Um, what skills have you learned or cultivated that have been most important in your success as a leader? I, I really will say for me, it's uh, what I have learned in growing in my profession and in my leadership role is how to delegate. I was young, when I was young, I wanted to do everything and I just tried as, as hard as I could to do everything. It just was in my um, DNA, whatever we want to say about it. But as I matured in the profession and matured in leadership, my goal really is to delegate, not only to delegate, but to share so that everyone has a part in the responsibility, the reward and recognition of what we do here in human resources for our institutions. And I try to do that in a way that ties everyone to our mission, to our HR mission, first and foremost, for my teammates, and I'm a small office, but for my teammates, our HR mission and our university mission, so that they really truly feel engaged. And I'm never saying me or I, I say we, and that they, and I have, my team has been with me a long time and they'll tell you that you can interview them. Um, we are a team and we share in everything. And that's what I have learned. And, and you have to be able to delegate, let go, trust and believe to make that happen successfully. And I can say I've been blessed with great people and that's happened for me. Thank you. Well, I don't know if I could top that. I will get of <laughs> that because I, I, you know, I think the higher you go up, the more important it is to delegate. I mean, you can't do it all. And I think that's important to realize that, to not take yourself overly seriously. But I think one of the things as I, as I reflect back on my career, and I kind of joke because I'm probably a little older than most of you on the phone. I think Donna and I, we can go neck and neck. We're the same. Right, we can go neck and neck. But I'm on the end of my career, not at the beginning of my career. And when I look back at not only great people that I work for, and I've worked for a lot, uh, worked for some bad ones, but the most part they've been great. And the colleagues I've had in Cuba, I think one of the things that I value most in leaders is their desire to give back. And so um, I'm not going to get promoted anymore. There is, I don't think there's a president of HR anywhere, so I'm not going to get promoted anymore. So what can I do to benefit? And I, and personally, I find it gratifying when I can give back to the profession that has given so much to me. Uh, develop my employees. I have a phenomenal HR director. She's just awesome. She's old enough to be my daughter, but she, she wants to grow and she wants to develop. And I'm just having, she, you know, she thinks she's just getting all this good stuff. I'm like, I'm having a blast giving it, you know, sharing it. So I think um, uh, good leaders as they get more senior uh, in their, in their role and more comfortable in who they are, they're not worried about the next big job. So take time to give back. And I think Koopa lets us do that. I think both Don and I are examples of people that drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. But we did it because 
not only did we feel like we were given something, but at the same time, it made us feel good. So you kind of mentioned some characteristics already, but is there something else I mean, um, that you can think of that you think all HR practitioners should possess, a characteristic? Mm -hmm. I would say empathy. I really think empathy. And it's hard because at points, depending upon what your position is, you're, you're trying to get the work done, you're everything is a fire. So sometimes it feels that way. And there is a time pressure, there's a resource pressure, financial pressure. And I think the number one characteristic that we need to retain, because I was a very naive, clear-eyed person before I went into human resources. And I have become, and I try not to be, a little more cynical in some ways. And so what I work hard at today is empathy and to put myself in the other person's shoe. And not only it goes back to what David said a few minutes ago too about DE&I, when we think about all of the opportunities we have in our leadership roles, we need to look around at the beginning of every activity and think who is not in the room, who is not present. That's part of empathy to bring others in so that we have a better lens and do better work as a result of it. That's empathy. Yeah, I, I would, I picked the same thing. And, and it, I, I personally, and I've, I've shared this with other of my colleagues, I'm worried about the health of our profession, right? How are we all doing? You know, a lot of times we ask people how they're doing, we really don't want the answer, right? It's like saying, have a good day. You know, it's just kind of a trite phrase. You know, uh, uh, what I found, especially uh, with the COVID virus, and especially about the amount of lockdown we've had here in California, which were you know totally locked down in some cases at some points. But uh, you, you never know what somebody else is going through. And I try to tell supervisors this before you download on somebody in, a, in an abrupt, someone would argue, inappropriate manner to correct something. Do you really understand what somebody might be going through outside of work? Yeah, we've got single moms and dads out there trying to do education right now. We have people struggling with loss of job or from going from a two-income family to a single-income family, the rising cost of living, you know. So, you know, I try to, I, I always say, as HR professionals, you know, we're like the therapists. And so um, I try to tell my fellow HR colleagues when I have the opportunity is make sure you take care of yourself too. You know that we're uh, that we're mindful of the health of the profession because it has got. I mean, I look back on about Donna, but I know I look back and I think okay, I had stuff before, right? You know, but some of the stuff I get now is like, where did this stuff come from? And um, uh, and I don't expect that to go away anytime soon. And so, especially with the challenges of now working from home, mm -hmm. you know, how do you be empathetic through a video screen? Um, I was telling the wildfire folks the other day, I said, one of the, I've learned that one of the lost arts has come back and is writing a card of thanks. Okay. And um, I, I do that now. Uh, I write thank you cards. My penmanship is atrocious. At least I learned penmanship. But taking the time to reach out to people with a thank you card is a lost art. And I think it's just one of those things where you can show some of that empathy that Zoom just doesn't give you. And, I, and, I, and the way I can prove that, how many of you have gotten thank you cards from people and you still got them in your desk drawer today? Yeah. Yep. So empathy is top on the list. Yeah. Top on the list. 
that's great. Um, so what area or focus within the profession do you see as being the most influential and are poised for growth in the next 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I would just say the workplace is not going to be the same as it was. We don't know what it is. I mean, I think any of us, you know, says use the word normal in conjunction with the future, you know, is missing the boat. I mean, I think there'll be a new normal, but I don't know what it is. And I think that new normal largely dictate how we do things. I mean, we're seeing some of it now already, like we're interviewing on Zoom, right? There's no more of the campus interview. So the, you know, the usual five days of, or the usual, you know, full day of interviews is replaced with a series of interviews over a couple of days. But, you know, the challenges of how you're going to manage remote workers. And I mean, I just don't think we know yet. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm not you know, necessarily afraid of it. But I think largely how we come out of the pandemic is going to dictate. Uh, and of course, our, each state is different, too, which is so funny. Right. We have no like consistent approach to this thing. But I think Cooper will be a, definitely be a leader in determining what the future of the workspace looks like. You know, how are we going to manage this new normal? whatever the new normal is, which we don't know yet. I, I wanted to ask a separate question. In, in this vein of what, you know, the growth is for the next 10 years and, and the conversation that we're now having about social justice, do you see um, how that might change anything that we're doing now or impact us in a greater way? I really believe that there's going to be, and hopefully so, I, I know we're doing a, a good amount here and I feel like we've always tried to be sensitive to and aware of social justice issues, diversity, inclusion and equity. But I think that there will be greater movement on this. There will be more intentionality on all of our campuses. I think that there is a greater expectation from the student body. And a lot of our early work really was grounded in our student population and their activities and our faculty. You know, um, Human Resources has always done our part, but we need everybody. It's human, you know, sometimes Human Resources has been tagged with the responsibility for pieces of it or all of it, and it can't be human resources alone. It has to be everyone. And what I've seen in recent years is more, um, more people embracing these opportunities. And I think because of the past year, I think we will have an escalation in growth and sensitivity and activity toward positive movement in this area. We uh, here at the University of Tampa have a board and a president and myself in some ways very old, kind of old school. It's probably the wrong way to say it. But now again, it's like the sentence I said before, every activity, who are we missing? You know, are there others who should be here in this room, in this conversation? And we, that is the start of every conversation more so today. Yeah, yeah I think um, uh, I, I, at one point I strongly agree with Don on it. This isn't our thing, right? It's like, you know, HR is in charge of the company picnic. You know, it's just, I, I think it has to be a collective societal effort. Now, here's the good news. I think people are beginning to get it. I mean, the vast majority of our students who come in because we're law school, right? They could practice all different types of law, but they want to get into defense law. Why? Because of the social justice cause. We have the first African female American, African American female dean in the United States. And we are immensely proud of that. 
and she's pushing us because historically the legal profession has been guys that look like me. Our board looked like me. Our faculty looked like me. And that has changed because you know why? Our students don't look that way. And I think, uh, so we, as part of our own curriculum, have a huge social justice initiative. In fact, we, I've mentioned we house the California Innocence Project. So we actually work to get wrongfully convicted people out of prison as part of one of our programs. So I think it's kind of embedded in us, but I think society now has really grabbed onto this idea. And, and you know, here's the other thing too. There's data to support the argument. You know, we've never really used data to kind of come out and say, here's why I think we ought to do this. I mean, you know, you can run analysis of your organization and take a look at just how diverse you are. You know, do you have salary issues, compression issues, disparity issues? So that data is easily found. You can't say you don't know. Um, But to Donna's point, I think uh, this idea that somehow we have to own it. I mean, yes, I think we have to own our piece. To Donna's point, make sure the right, you know, make sure people are properly represented at the table. I could tell you the way our, our, our cabinet looked three years ago. Uh, doesn't look the same way today since our new dean arrived. It looks much, much different, uh, which I love. So I think um, uh, it can't just be us, but we have to be talking about it and um, doing something about it in concert with a lot of our colleagues. Right. Certainly, I think we lead the effort in HR and really, but it needs to become institutional, the efforts in DEI. Absolutely. So this is our last question. What has been your most enriching professional development experience? Most enriching professional development truly is association work. And I will say for anyone who has the opportunity and it, there are multiple benefits to this and Coupa for us is the association, but it's that work that is done at the state chapter level, the region level. And if one is so fortunate to be on the national board, there is no better professional development opportunity, no better, not because of the content, but because of the people you will meet to work with your peers at every one of those levels, you will learn so, uh, you'll learn so much. And, and that's what um, makes it happen. You can read a book, you can go to a class, you can do whatever, but there is nothing better than to get to know people like David Blake right here who will enhance your career and be there for you for whatever you need. And Coupa is filled with people like this. Simply, David's at the top of that list, <laughs> but it's well, all I'll, good. I'll, it, and to me, that's number one for professional development. Yeah, I, I think you, you know, Donna and I could tell great stories. I have some you know great stories to share, but I won't <laughs> for time's sake. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I agree. I mean, the opportunity I've had uh, to serve on the chapter boards, the region boards, the national board. It's been some of the most rewarding things I've had to be able to do in my career. I mean, you know, you hear me, I think some of you heard me use the words, my therapy, right? And we need therapy <laughs> in a positive way. You know, people, when you talk to people and you go, oh, you can't believe what I'm going through. And they tell you something back and you go, okay, yeah, I guess it's worse over there, right? For me, there's one other thing too that I, and I think it's, it's one of the proudest things the association has done, at least for me. Um, is the wildfire program and the emerging leader program. Both. I've, I've had the privilege of working with Mark Calder on the wildfire program uh, ever since I came off the national board because I was like, I got to do something. Um, uh, and I think these programs are unique. 
um, and special in the higher ed place. There's nothing like it anywhere. You can't get it at Sherm. You know, we're special that way. And for me, working with the wildfire program has been my own, um, first of all, get, give back, but I get so much from it too. So this idea of service within within the Coupa HR community, trust me, if you want, you know, if, if people say, oh, how do I, how do I, you know, how do I get involved? Just say you want to be and somebody will call you. <laughs> so be careful what you ask for. And that's how it kind of started with me. Someone said, would you like to get involved? And I said, sure. Six months later, I was a SoCal chapter president. So, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I agree. We meet great people. I meet people like Donna. We share fun stories. We get to know each other. Um, and I, I think that's per- personally and professionally healthy. Um, so, yeah, stay involved and, and stay active because um, uh, it's, their experiences will lend you a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can get from a book. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. That's great. Um, Thank you so much for sharing such great insights. And we really appreciate your service to Coupa HR and and taking the time to chat with us about, you know, all the things that you guys have been doing and been a part of. It's it's just really great. And I think it's inspiring uh, for Aisha and I to you know, look forward to what, you know, we can do with, with Coupa HR. So I really appreciate that. Um, we're going to go ahead and conclude the recording portion. Let me, let me say, it's been our pleasure to be with you. We're so proud of you and look forward to seeing where you will be in a few years, where you will be in Coupa, where you will be in your professional lives, because you're, you're coming up next and thank you for the time today. You said it well, Donna, said it well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.